Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio and Phoenix, Arizona, you are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Work Life 360. This is episode number 30. Today, we're going to be talking all about finding satisfaction in work and whether you stay or do you go. But first, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. If you've been with us for a while, thanks you, thank you for continuing to join us every single week as Rhonda and I deliver amazing tips, tricks, and content every Wednesday. Um, again, today is all about do you stay or do you go and how to find satisfaction in your work. Uh, but first, Rhonda, how are you doing? Good. Isn't there a song about that? Do I stay or do I go now? I think there is. I think there is. <laughs> Obviously, I have no singing talent. <laughs> that just came to my mind as you were saying that. Um, doing good. So I'm excited to spend time with you talking about this really important topic and exploring what comes up for both of us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, you know, we have essential needs such as food, water, and shelter, but we also need to make some money you know to care for ourselves and our family so this is a really important topic uh, job satisfaction for sure yeah and it's a it's kind of one of those hot button topics you know um people don't like to talk about it people and then when you're in a situation where you want to leave people love to talk about it people are always like oh i don't <laughs> like this i want to change i want to get out of here they're quick to uh dismiss all of the things that they do have um and one of the the big mindset shifts that that I've helped people kind of come to realization of is, do you say, Rhonda, when you wake up in the morning, you tell your husband, hey, I got to go to work? Or do you say, hey, I get to go to work today? Um, Would you like me to respond? <laughs> uh, I think I know which one, you, which one you're going through right now. Would you like uh, me to respond for him? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Because he just, he just, he had a major change uh, recently. Yes. Well, he works in a very different type of environment and as a laborer, and we're going to talk about some of the jobs that tend to be more well-received and those that are less um, exciting for folks and produce less satisfaction. He absolutely falls in that category with laborers being a not so well sought out profession for folks for a whole host of reasons. So, you know, what's interesting, Bruce, is he's 55 and this is all he's known. So that realization within him that there's a potential way to work where you feel valued um, and respected and a sense of belonging and achievement He just never has had that experience. So while my life has been blessed with these wonderful, satisfactory work-life experiences, he just has not had that. So when we talk about a fixed mindset or an open mindset, he's very much in that fixed mindset kind of because he's been conditioned that way. So trying to get him to learn that there's another way is really a struggle because he 
does not buy into that. And that's a hard mm -hmm. thing to change, especially when someone has been well vested in their profession and he actually likes what he does, but maybe not necessarily all the nuances that go along with the position. Yeah, who he does it for or reports to. Correct. Uh, all important things. And my dad's kind of in the same boat, you know, uh, retired from the Air Force, got a job right out of the Air Force and it in the airline industry. And same same kind of situation, you know, just conditioned to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Don't complain, be grateful for what you have and kind of he enjoys, God, he loves what he does. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he gets up at 3.30 in the morning, goes to work. I mean, he's, He's a grandfather, so he's getting older, and it's hard for me to say that, but he's getting older. He's not the, the strapping 37-year-old. In fact, that's what I am, but uh, he's getting older, and it's taking a toll on his body, and he just doesn't realize it. Um, you know, sleep and health and a lot of health issues that I believe would go away if he would be open to, you know, finding a job that was maybe 15 miles down the road instead of 40. Um, but again, do you stay or do you go? Um, there's some reasons or some, um, you know, we, there's about eight reasons why people stay at a, at a sales career or, or job in general. Um, and a lot of it can be addressed um, in the onboarding process and, and ongoing accountability and ongoing um, team development, but um, you know, one of the biggest reasons people stay is that there's a clear vision of the company. Everybody's on the same page. The boat is rowing in the same direction. You don't have leadership rowing the boat in one direction and then everybody else rowing in another direction. It doesn't go anywhere. Um, number two is they have a long-term plan and personal vision. There's direction for each individual you know, everybody has a goal in life. Everybody has dreams. Everybody has hopes, wants, and desires. And does management and does does the company understand what your personal vision is? And are they helping you to obtain that? Um, you know, in the, in the freight industry, it's, it's as much as it is a team sport, it's very individual as well. And everybody has kind of their direction that they want to go. And But does the company... Do you, the owner, understand where your employees want to go? Uh, number three is that there's proper expectations. Expectations are so important. I cannot stress that enough. Do your employees understand what the expectations are? Do they have integrity to carry out those expectations even when the boss is not around? But are the expectations clear? And is there a direct correlation between expectations and income? Okay. Uh, number four is they have a proper place to work. This one should almost be a given. Do they have a proper place to work? This place, especially, so I, I come from a, a company that valued themselves in having a proper place to work. Um, is there a gym on site? Right now, health and fitness is, is extremely important, but is there a gym accessible to everybody? Do they have a clean environment? A cafeteria, you know, is there food around the, you know, around the corner that's relatively accessible? 
uh, clean bathrooms, all this stuff adds up. Mm-hmm. And when people, when top producers, when when people are looking to make a change, you know, do we stay? Do we go? Believe it or not, like that gym, that gym could be the deciding factor. Um, I know several people, several people that stay at a career or stay at a job because they have a gym on site, because they have that ability to just go there whenever they want. They stay because they have a nice cafeteria, because things are relatively accessible to them. Um, In fact, one employer that I worked for actually had dry cleaning come and pick up dry cleaning on site. Mm -hmm. What what an awesome Mm -hmm. service um, to offer your employees. Uh, Babysitting on site, that was another, you know, they didn't actually implement this, but it was something that they were strongly considering. But, you know, having a lot of these um, service tasks that people do after work, having them on site so that people could enjoy what they're doing and, and just have a proper place to work. And have um, a place, I'm sorry, have a place yeah. too to have some fun. Um, and, yes. just, and even a space where people can go in private and just disconnect. Um, like a solace space where they could practice meditation or say if it's a lactating mom, like a place where she can go and, and you know, take care of her needs. That's also important. But, yeah, I like all those, Bruce. Yeah. At number five is, is they have a system to execute. Um, you know, as humans, we're great at creating excuses. Eliminating those excuses by giving them step-by-step systems to execute so that they're successful. That includes scripting, technical aspects, shadowing, answering objections, on-job or on-site training, um, but having true systems in place that when something happens, you can easily move through the system to ensure that it's done correctly. And I think that's something that I don't know that everybody really pays attention to and prioritizes because I've heard mm-hmm. stories that indicate that that's not happening in places where we think or are told that it's happening. And maybe there's just some lip service there. But yeah, you're right. If you're not. I could tell you one big one. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you one big one. And, and being a freight broker working for a large company is uh, when it comes to prospect disputes. Hey, I was calling this person and somebody else called them and they got in and they got the freight. Well, the other person made the first contact. Like there are major issues in and around that area of of prospect disputes and taking freight and um, stealing another person's customer. And oh, you want to talk about, you mm-hmm. want to have your systems buttoned up and super tight. That is mm-hmm. one area to definitely make sure that you've got clear expectations and systems around. And Uh, then sticking to them and not showing mm, favoritism. Little injection there. (laughs) Come on. I've been a part of some major prospecting disputes and uh, have seen favoritism play. I've seen, uh, you know, and, and honestly, one of the core values of that everybody should have is doing what's right over who's right. Hmm. Let me say that again. Being for what's right and not who's right. That is a, you want to talk about integrity. You want to talk about 
loyalty and customers and you know be for what's right um, have systems in place so number six is having a supportive and you've already mentioned this Rhonda but fun work environment people when they work there when we talk about work-life balance and you're in the freight industry it is all one there is no separation there's very little disconnecting when I was in transportation I, I had to go out of the country to take a vacation because there was no work slash life it was all together so you work hard you play hard now playing hard doesn't just involve like oh we're having a pizza party on Fridays that's great no okay let's let's step it up to get, let's step up the notch okay let's let's go everybody go top golf let's invest into our into our employees mm-hmm. fun activities um, my last employer was really really good at this uh, they invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in in employee engagement and ensuring that people were having fun because they know you got to understand this is a stressful job mm-hmm if you're in management, nine times out of 10, you were a producer at one point, and you sat behind that, that desk and produced at a, at a high level, and, and that's what got you into management. But remember what it was like in the grind. You know, how, how nice would it have been to, to have some fun at the same time? Um, number seven is, is having leaders who believe in them. Woo! You wanna talk about a strong, uh, strong conviction right there. Believing in your employees. If if you are in any sort of sales, you understand that, that there's confidence issues, belief barriers, negative head trash. But if you believe in them and you truly, truly stand up for what's right and stand up for your employees and and show them that you believe in them, they are going to ride with you ride or die um and then finally afraid is they see how the job can help them grow personally and i'm going to be 100 honest open right here i had all seven of these but the the eighth one choke like the eighth one is what made me shift my career i was I was not at a, it wasn't a, I mean, kind of a dead, I had a glass ceiling. I was a producer, very high level producer, but it wasn't helping me grow personally. But there was more to, more to life than just slinging freight. I, I desired more than just throwing freight around. Yeah, so it sounds like that's the part that I've read in terms of different studies on the transportation warehouse utilities industry, which is kind of where we fall in. The research that I read recently showed that 20% of people burn out just from fatigue of doing the same repetitive thing over and over and over and over and over again. And there's no growth possibility there. Even though they may initially enjoy what they're doing when you go in and you're doing the same thing every day, your brain just is automatically gonna fight you on that. It wants to it wants to broaden its perspective and grow. That's just part of being human. I don't think sometimes we pay attention to that. Exactly. And, you know, change is hard. Um, and, and 
making that decision and that leap and leaving a, a company is it's a big one um you know it's, it's one that it's not just made overnight for most people um i know some people that do make that decision overnight but mm-hmm. uh it, it should be it should be, if you have a culture in your company that people can just up and leave you got to check right you want you want a culture where if somebody leaves they've thought about it for six months because if if they're just like nah this isn't for me i'm out well then you're missing a lot of those eight eight key steps or eight key uh reasons why people leave and it should be a hard decision yeah and sometimes we think people leave and we hear this often you know it's a money issue obviously that can be definitely be a a factor particularly if someone's not being paid fairly but if you look at empirical research that shows what contributes to job satisfaction there are some ingredients that really can't be disputed in terms of the context of what that means so i think you can probably apply these six that i know of bruce to your eight number one being finding engaging work so when you're going in every day there has to be something there mentally stimulating and create a sense of flow in your brain and a freedom to choose how you're engaging in your work with those clearly defined tasks, but having some variety in the everyday workflow is really important as well as regular feedback. So when I think of finding work engaging, I can attest to there was a time when I was at Philadelphia University, director of fitness and wellness there, I was strictly teaching in the classroom all day long and that's all I was doing. And then I found myself sitting a lot. It's like the same thing, reading papers, doing research, blah, 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 talking, talking. And then for me, that became kind of like too nuanced like I wanted to be involved in different aspects of the work life so luckily I had the support to engage with students in the student center and create a whole working environment for my students instead of just sitting in a classroom and teaching them so now I take them outside of the classroom and I'm able to educate them in a way that gives them real life work experience so I was lucky in that regard to uh, understand that I was getting bored. I wasn't engaged mentally as, and emotionally as much as I wanted to. But then I had the support when I said, hey, I'm kind of find myself checking out and I'm just going through the day to day. Like I know that about myself. I know that if I'm feeling that I'm going to be checking out soon, yeah. you know, and kind of like you said, find work that helps other being of service, mm-hmm. you know, and having the ability to be kind in whatever your position is as part of your job, whether as a mentor, or I noticed how you and your team, Bruce, you have this connectedness outside of just your day-to-day where you're checking on each other and feeling valued in your work. And that can only help increase with your job satisfaction, knowing that you're all in it together and you have a supportive environment where everyone is helping each other instead of, as you mentioned, prospecting and then going around your back and kind of pulling the rug right from out under you so yeah Yeah. and so much to unpack there there's (laughs) (laughs) um one of the cool things about you know what i do now is i am surrounded with like-minded people um Mm -hmm. we all have servant selling hearts and Mm -hmm. um 
we're all different in our own unique ways, but uh, we all, and, and here's the, the really cool part. We all celebrate each other's wins equally. It's, it's my work family that, you know, I spend a lot of time with, like I'll be, I'm going to next Friday, I'm going to St. Louis, um, spend the weekend with, with the team and the group and the family's coming and all of our families are going to get together, go to the zoo, go to the baseball game. Like that's just stuff you can't find anywhere. Um, and that's, and, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. I was going to say that's a part of these top six yeah. in this research that shows that having supportive colleagues really leads to that job fulfillment. So your coworkers, in essence, become an extension of your family, it sounds like, Bruce. Yep. And I can tell you, so there's a few people that I'm, that I work with, um, professionally, not, not together, um, that I coach that they've expressed to me some frustrations and some doubt at whether they're at the right place and some, uh, just things that are happening. Every company has the, (laughs) I kind of joke about it, the suggestion box that everybody puts suggestions in and, you know, nobody really takes that serious. But if somebody's going to take the time to, to put in a suggestion, don't you think it's a real valid concern or not to, not them just, you know, saying, oh, we need beer Fridays, although that's great. I love beer Friday. Um, I'm more of a bourbon person, but beer's good too. <laughs> but, but if they have a real legitimate concern or question or, you know, this suggestion box, man, they're, they're taking time to actually write this out or fill out the form or whatever and put it in the box and... There's some there's some truth to it. It's worth exploring and taking feedback from your employees and from your managers. That kind of ties in with another one of these findings, which is being good at what you do. So being skilled, believe it or not, I mean, sometimes we may not give this much thought. That's really important to our job satisfaction identifying what you're good at and receiving feedback because what we think in our mind we're good at, we may actually not be good at. So, you know, being skilled is really important to understand. We may have a passion for doing something that we believe is worthy of our time, but are we actually in a position where we can fulfill that job in a way that's productive? Yep. You know, you mentioned one of the best tips you know conduct yourself in a professional manner but have fun we don't want to you know poo poo on anybody's parade but go out have fun celebrate enjoy your time but when you make decisions make every decision as if your night was going to be on the cover of every newspaper in the entire city conduct yourself that's deep because Mm -hmm. there's people make bad decisions all the time at company outings and just in just in life in general um but what would you want your mom your uncle your your wife to read on that paper the next morning uh of how your night actually went that's going to help that's going to make you make some good decisions real quick Mm -hmm. um but it's mm-hmm. that, that self-awareness, self-accountability. and mm-hmm. But that's a whole nother topic. But when yeah. you mentioned that, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that I, I tell that to myself not as often as I used to. But I used to say it to myself all the time. <laughs> uh, when we were going out to a happy hour now, Bruce, what would you want to see on the paper? That's right. Don't drink that 19th beer. Um, <laughs> uh, 
but all kidding aside, you know, make good decisions. But So I have two left for our listeners. Uh, one of the things that has impacted me, and I'm sure our listeners and you too, Bruce, are the negative things, right? Because we have to think about them. So having a long commute, you know, working mm. excessive hours, or just job insecurity, like always worrying that someone's on your back, just waiting to kick you to the curb. Those things are definitely deal breakers and can impact whether or not we show up as our best self. And they will definitely cause some ruffles in the workforce and people that really are contributing to the betterment of our organization and our workforce. They're not going to stick around for that. They're going to step away for sure. For me, that commute was a big deal when I was working in Philadelphia, I had an hour and a half commute every day on top of the 10 hour day. And while I loved my job, that was definitely something that impacted my thinking long term with that position. So it would become one of those things, oh, maybe we have to move now or or am I going to continue to invest the time and the efforts and all the stresses of commuting? And then as you alluded to earlier, Bruce, our careers should fit in as best as can to the rest of our lives because so much of that is intertwined now. So mm. finding yeah. joy in whatever it is that you're doing at work, which is what I'm trying to communicate with different folks that I speak to, particularly my husband and my family members, is finding joy in something that you're doing really matters. and. Even if it's something little that you can find in what you're doing will help. Particularly, you have to work longer and you're not expecting it because that can obviously lead to some frustrations. So if you find out, hey, you have to stay an hour or two longer, you know, communicating maybe to your boss, um, it's really important that you give me a heads up so I can communicate it to my family because that's important. And sometimes we don't think about that when we're asking somebody to stay longer and just maybe asking them instead of expecting it. Um, that can do a lot for our work-life balance. Yeah, and I, just to touch on that real quick, being a freight broker and being in transportation, yes, and also make sure you have clear expectations with your family as well um, because being a freight broker you can at a moment's notice it's going to be a late night you know driver falls out on you at you know 4 30 and that you know you got to get the load picked up next thing you know you're working till six seven eight nine o'clock at night to make sure that load gets covered make mm -hmm. sure you have clear expectations set at home as well if I, I know that if I didn't sit down with, with my wife and give her the, the rundown of what I actually do and how chaotic it could be at times, um, she wouldn't understand why I'm working so many hours and why I have to work till 8 o'clock at night. And it's that's not her world. Um, mm -hmm. Things come at you at all angles, and you got to be ready at all times. So uh, set those expectations at home and just create that that open communication with you know, family and I have to go to work versus I get to go to work. Beautifully said. I echo that 100%. <laughs> so for those of you that maybe you're not feeling so satisfied right now, take some of these tips, do a little self-analysis and evaluate your satisfaction yeah. in your workspace and have those conversations so no one's left in the dark. If you're a manager, an owner, 
gosh, go back and listen to these facts that are key reasons why people stay and be honest with yourself, be vulnerable. Give yourself a, score yourself between a one and a 10. And I would add to that a little caveat is maybe bring in someone to do an analysis of your business model because obviously we're gonna have some biases there and Mm -hmm. we may think that we're providing these essential factors, these variables, but are we actually doing that? We all have blind spots. So having somebody to come in, even in the same profession as you are, just have them do an analysis and then make some changes as needed because we all have areas for improvement in all aspects of our life. Yep. Well, great. Guys, this concludes our episode of Work Life 360. We hope that you found some perspective and some tips and tricks on, you know, do you stay or do you go? Thank you for listening. Take care and be well. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Thanks for listening. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes to any links to any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningthesiegesforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.